Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I hope you haven't gotten too comfortable, because now I want to ask you to stand as we say our memory verse together, as we conclude our series all in today. This is the verse we've memorized together, so let's say it out loud, say it with me, church. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, John 10, 10. Sounds great. Let me lead us in prayer. God, thank you for being in this room with us right now. God, our greatest desire is to know you more. I pray through this series that we continue to position ourselves so that that can be a reality in our lives. Move us more toward that today, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated if you would, please. It's so good to see you. I, hey, if today's your first time and you're going, what's this all-in thing about? We're concluding a series with part five. What we're doing is we're learning five habits that help you know God more. And if you've missed the whole thing, one, you can go back, you can grab it on podcast, you can go on, watch it on the video. But let me just give you like the cliff notes right now. Habit number one was to actually pray for three people who don't know Jesus. You can pray for them every day, three seconds, three minutes, but just pray for them every day. Habit number two was to read a chapter of your Bible every day. We say there's seven days in a week, shoot for seven, hit five, but read one chapter of your Bible every day. Habit number three was to give back financially some of what God has given you. We know that it's all from God, it's just not all for us. And then habit number four was last week where we said join a volunteer team. And so many of you did that. I just want to say, we have between 150 to 200 volunteers already serving regularly here at LifePoint. And last week, more than 80 more adults stepped forward to begin joining a volunteer team. Can we just celebrate what God did here last week? We just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for so many of you who are going, you know what, I'll do this. I'll help other people find hope in Jesus. I'll humbly serve others for God's glory. I love that so many of you have stepped forward, and we're so grateful. We pray you just continue to take that step. And today, we are talking about habit number five. And can I just tell you, we have saved the best for last. This, I believe, is the single, if I could like put an asterisk beside one of the habits, it's this one. This is the one that I am convinced if you take this and make it a habit in your life, you will grow closer to God. I just believe the Holy Spirit moves when we are in this position. It's that important. And I am so glad you are here today so we can talk about it together. You see, some of you grew up in church and your parents never went uh, they went regularly, but you never saw the impact of church in your home. Some of you grew up where your parents would never miss a Sunday. God forbid, right? But you didn't see the impact from Sunday, Monday through Saturday. It was as if they knew the truths, but yet the way they lived their life at work, the way they lived their life at home, the way they interacted with people, the way they forgave, the way they loved, the way they were present at home didn't match what they heard and knew on Sunday. It was like there was a big divide. And that's what we're going to talk about. Today we're going to talk about one of the most common gaps in the life of a Christian. I believe there is a missing link in our faith. And we're going to talk about it today. But first, I just got to give a disclaimer. 
I want you to hear me say this. I love the church. I love what we do here on Sundays at 1030. I think it's incredibly special. I believe God smiles when we're here as we have so much more diversity with stages of life and walks of life coming together and we corporately do what we just did and we sing and worship God together and then we open God's Word together and we see eternal truths that apply to all of us no matter where we are in life. I think this is when the church family comes together. This is a special time. Here's all I want to say. If this is all you do, it's necessary, but if this is all you do, then I think you will experience two profound weaknesses that some of you would say your parents experienced throughout their life. The first weakness is real life application of what we study in here in the scriptures, in the Bible. I mean, think about it. With this many people in here, if we were to be talking about something like relationships, or we were to be talking about finances, and over here we have some wonderful high school students, over here we might have some college students, back there we'll have some retirees, over here we may have some young married couples, and well, how do finances apply to the person who's the CEO, to the person who's the entrepreneur, or the person that has no job? Well, it's very different depending on your stage of life. What about relationships? It's very different depending upon your stage of life. In this context, in this room, we can't drill down as much as we need to and want to. There's another challenge and a weakness in this kind of an environment. If this is all you attend, real life friendships are missed out on. Because the truth is, if you look around this room, I bet you, you don't have everybody's phone number in your cell phone, right? I bet you, you don't know everybody. It's impossible, right? There are some social relationships, there are some acquaintances that you have, and there are probably even a handful of friendships that are in this room for you. And if not, we would love for that to eventually be the case. Here's what I know, acquaintances and social relationships are good, but you want more. You were made for so much more. And what if have you ever wished there were an environment that would encourage friendships for you? Have you ever wished there was an environment designed that would encourage applying the Scriptures to your stage of life? That is what we want to talk about today. We are working as best we know how to take a significant step toward creating a place where you can find friendships and you can go deeper in your faith. What we're going to talk to you about today is something you've heard of before and you may have participated in or you may have heard of it before and never participated. We're talking about groups. And a lot of people immediately go, well, I'm too busy for that. I, I, I don't have time for that because truthfully, building community is never convenient. Let's be honest, right? But I can't get over this quote from Pastor John Ortberg that I think sums it all up best. He says, and I quote, I have never known anyone who was isolated, lonely, unconnected, with no deep relationships, yet had a meaningful, joy-filled life. They just don't go hand in hand. You know what happens? We have Sunday truth, and then we have real life, and there's a gap that only relationships can fill. Only relationships can take the application of what we learn in the stage of life in which we live. And let me just say this, you can't afford to not be in community. 
You can't afford to not have these relationships. So I just want to have this as the bottom line truth. If you're about to check out, let me just ask you to hear this one more sentence and then you can check out, okay? Here it is. Groups bridge the gap between truth and real life. Between the Sunday morning and the Monday through Saturday. In fact, would you just say that out loud with me? Even if you're not sure you buy it yet, would you just say this out loud with me so that it, it goes a little deeper and you wrestle with this truth? Say that with me. Say this with me. Groups can bridge the gap between truth and real life. Thank you. I believe that with all my heart. I'm telling you, if LifePoint uh, board came back and said, you know what, Mark? Appreciate the effort, but we're not going to do groups anymore as a church. We would say, got it. Appreciate your wisdom on that. And Ginger and I would keep doing groups on our own. We, even if it wasn't a church thing. Because for us, it's not a church thing. My life personally, I have grown more in my relationship with God by being a part of groups than any other area. I just believe in it that much. And that's why I get so excited about this fifth habit because I know that I know that I know this will make a difference if you take the risk and make this a habit. See, but it's not original with me. In fact, you go all the way back 2,000 years ago to the Apostle Paul. They think about who the Apostle Paul is. Like we would often say he's like a spiritual hero, right? He has this impressive spiritual resume. And even though he has this impressive spiritual resume, you know what he continually reminded us? Christianity is a team sport. You were never meant to do it on your own. And he wanted to be encouraged. And he wanted to encourage others. And I just want you to see a couple of verses here today. And then we're going to do something really crazy right in the middle of the service, all right? I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but just know something crazy is coming, okay? All right, look with me at Romans chapter 1, and I want you to see what Paul has to say, this spiritual hero. If you don't have your Bibles, there's a Bible at the, at the end of the pew. You can go and grab that, go to the table of contents, find the book of Romans. We're in chapter 1 today. I'd love for you to see this. Beginning in verse 7 of Romans, Paul, who always wanted to go to Rome, man, he just had this... This desire to be at Rome. You know why he wanted to be at Rome? Because there was so much going on. God seemed to have his hand there. It was like an epicenter of people who he knew could move the kingdom forward. And he so wanted to be there. He so wanted to see what was going on. And he writes this letter with that as his desire. Look what he says. In Romans chapter 1, verse 7, it says, To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Look what he says. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then here's what he asks. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. So he's very thankful. Why? Because your faith is being rooted, reported rather, all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And then here's where he reveals how much he wants to be there. And I pray now that at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Why does Paul so desperately want to go to Rome? Isn't this odd? Is he just wanting to see the Colosseum? Like, why is it he's wanting to go to Rome? Don't think it's there yet. But, you know, he just really wanted to go there. Why? Look at the next verse. He reveals it. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Is it teaching? Is it an informational environment? No, watch what he says. How will I make you strong? That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I want to come to you, Rome, 
I want to come to you Christians so that you and I will become strong. How do we become strong? By being mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That can't happen in here, can it? But when you're in a group, you share something that's going on in your life, which is just what I needed to hear with what's going on in my life. I share something that's going on in my life, which is just what you needed to hear with what's going on in your life. That's the way God designed our faith to grow. By sitting in a circle, by being face-to-face, and mutually encouraging one another's faith. It turns out there is a gap between truth and real life, and groups bridge that gap. This is what Paul is saying. There really is a missing link. There really is a gap. Groups bridge the gap between truth and real life. But don't just take it from Paul. Now I want you to see what James, the half-brother of Jesus, had to say, because he makes it super practical. Look over at the book of James. If you're not used to finding that book, it's a little bit further back, just after Hebrews. If you go to 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you've gone a little too far, go back to your left, you'll find the book of James. And we're going to look at chapter 1, verse 22. Look what James, I love hearing the pages turn. Man, you guys are awesome. Look at verse 22. Chapter 1, verse 22. It says, Do not merely listen to the word, which is what we do in here on a Sunday, right? He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Now, how in the world would you deceive yourself? It's the next four words. By not doing what it says. He says, don't deceive yourself, but rather do what it says. Don't just listen, do. And then he goes and gives a practical example of how we do this on a regular basis and how silly it would be. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Your hair's messed up. And you're like, oh, you know what? I forgot that my hair was messed up. I show up at work and somebody goes, hey, your hair's messed up. You know, I saw that in the mirror today, but I forgot to do something about it. This is what he would say Sunday morning is like if you don't go and apply what you learned to your life. He goes, but rather, whatever looks in, whatever looks, whoever looks intently into the perfect law or the Word of God that gives freedom, so he's revealing that living by the Word of God gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but rather doing it. It's not just the listening, but the doing of it. They will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed not in the listening, not even in the understanding, but in the doing. Having said all that, this is something that you know intuitively, but we forget in practice. Information does not lead to transformation. I wish it did, because it would be a lot easier just to educate ourselves into the presence of God, right? Like, I want to know you more, God, So I just need to learn more. Well, that's only part of it, right? This is what he's saying. That's the mirror part, but then it's the changing. So information plus what would equal transformation? Paul says, and James say, it's information plus application that equals transformation. In other words, it's not just the listening, it's the doing. We're in a listening environment right now, which is critical. But we need a doing environment that applies to your stage of life where you have relationships where you can mutually encourage one another's faith. This is the missing link, I believe. This is the missing gap, I believe, that some parents missed. And I fear sometimes we miss. And so let me introduce to you habit number five that I am passionate about and I believe it will change things for you in your faith. 
It is simply join a group. Join a group. Just like I say, join a volunteer team, serve once a month, join a group. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, I don't know, has that ever really helped? Let me tell you about in the first century, the first century church in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. It says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. We're not going to do it that often, so you can already take a, like a sigh, right? You can kind of, okay, we're not doing it that often. Not doing it every day, but they met together every day in the temple courts. They broke bread in their home and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they went from 3,000 converts, 3,000 Christians, 3,000 followers of Jesus in Acts chapter 2 to countless millions because they divided into smaller groups and they made relationships and they cared for one another and they opened the Word together. This was how they went from hardly anything to what we experienced. It's the way of the church. It's always been in the DNA of the church, capital C. It's also in the DNA of our church here at LifePoint, and I love that. So let me just say this. We're trying to make it as easy as it's ever been to get into a group. So we get to make this really cool announcement today. Starting August the 15th, we're going to have life groups on campus at 9 a.m. So there's child care taken care of. You don't have to know anybody. They're going to be stage of life specific so that you can easily make friendships but it all begins on August the 15th. So can you just say that date out loud with me? Say that with me. August, you guys are so sharp, at 9 a.m. And we want to invite you to do this. I want to ask you personally to try it at least four times. And you say, well, I've already got a couple dates. I'm gone. Okay, well, then back it up, whatever dates you can make it. But try four dates when you're in town, four consecutive weeks that you can do that. If you can't, you've got to miss one, you miss one, and then you just make it up on the back end. But try it for it. Here's why. Because a lot of us know that we might benefit from it, but it's easy to not even try it because the obligation feels too big. So I just want you to make it bite size, give it a legitimate try for four weeks, and then make a decision. Then decide what makes sense for you. But I want you to give it a shot. Why? Look, we don't benefit from this in any way. There, there's no increased ministry or income or, or exposure or anything like that for the church. But I am convinced that you want to know God more. And I am convinced this is a significant way in which you do that. So I want to encourage you to take this step with us. Here's the bottom line. I don't want you to spend another year being in here exposed to truth alone and there being a gap between the Sunday morning you and the Monday through Saturday you. You want to be transformed. God wants to transform you. But as Paul said, we have to mutually encourage one another. And so we're trying to create an environment where that can happen. So let me, let me ask you to do this. On your way in, you were handed a card that looks like this. Would you pull that out and look at it again? In fact, I would ask you to go ahead and fill it out. And you'll notice in the bottom of that, it'll also be on the screen. Those of you who are online, it's so grateful. We're just grateful to have you here today. And you'll see on the screen as well, there is the options for these life groups that we're calling them, simply because they are stage of life. They are life groups. They begin on August the 15th at 9 a.m. There are seven groups listed there. And if you look around at the back of the room, you see these little booths and these little signs that are kind of hanging on the wall. And you can match that with your card. But over here, there's going to be a men's group. If you're interested in that in a minute, we'll give you a chance to take your card and just drop that off over there, and they'll follow up with you and let you know more information, where it'll meet, maybe what they'll be studying, and, and so forth. 
But there's a men's group that will be meeting right over here with Jeff and Kyle leading that. Women's group right over here with Susie and Sandra leading that. We have a couples group. Uh, a couples group is right over here. And that's with uh, Michael and Dana Pichar, that couple that you may remember that were up here last week talking about volunteers, along with Isaac and Shannon. Isaac's our new executive pastor of ministries. This would be a great group. We're thinking more or less this is a group in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. But let's just be real. Wherever you're most comfortable, knock yourself out, okay? And then we have another group that we're calling Experienced Group. We just couldn't come up with a cool name, so you can help us come up with a better name as time goes by. Let me just also say about that, the word couple is in there, but that's, uh, that doesn't have to be in there at all. If you're, if you're 55 and up or whatever, again, whatever line you decide to draw, then knock yourself out. That is the place for you to connect. Here's the thing, and I hope you'll respond with me here because he may be watching. I asked Pastor George if he would lead this group, and he said yes. So Pastor George will be back, yeah. Isn't it going to be great to have him kind of back in the saddle and going again? And I'm just so grateful that he's just so for LifePoint in the future. And uh, so this is a great place. We're, we're trying to really put our best foot forward on this. So that's a great place to be in as well. And then we have a singles group. Cindy's leading that, Cindy Vogel, and that, that group's right back there. Uh, high school, middle school, it's right back over here. Dane, he's back there. Then we have a college group as well that meets on Tuesday nights at 7. All the other groups meet on Sunday at 9 a.m., beginning three weeks from today, August the 15th. Here's the beauty of it. As you bring guests going forward in the fall, there's going to be a place for them every Sunday that they can just jump right into and the place they can find friends based on the stage of life that they're in. Now, if we make these five things habits in our life that we will posture ourselves, we'll position ourselves like a sailboat, putting the sail up so that when the Holy Spirit blows, we are positioned for growth. I believe these are that significant. So let's go over these five habits together. Let's do this, Life Point. Say these out loud with me. Habit number one, pray every day for three people who don't know Jesus. And if you didn't get the magnet out front, I hope you'll get that so you can put that in front of you. Habit number two, say this with me. Read one chapter of the Bible each day. If you didn't get the bookmark, it's out there in front. You can pick that up too. Habit number three, say this with me. Financially give back some of what God has given you. There's a little brochure out there to see where your money goes when you give. I hope that's helpful. Also, we got 150 of the books. I think there are about 10 left. So if you didn't get a book, those are complimentary. You can pick up one of those out at Guest Information. Number four, say it with me. Join a volunteer team at LifePoint. So many of you did that. We're so grateful. And then fifth and finally, say it with me. Join a life group. And some of you just did it. So give yourselves a hand. Praise the Lord for all he's doing. So grateful for the steps that you're taking. And now I just want us to say our memory verse together one more time. Say it out loud with me. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, 10. Let's pray. Father, 2,000 years ago, a group of people gathered. And they decided to go all in. And your spirit moved in a way that made the gospel be multiplied throughout the world. God, I don't know what you have planned, but I believe there are a group of people in this room who are going all in. So now we invite your Holy Spirit once again to move in this place in our hearts, in our community, and multiply the gospel throughout our county and throughout the world. We pray all these things. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.